This is the Daily Dispatch podcast with your business correspondent, Ted Keenan. Premier of the Eastern Cape, Mr. Oscar Mabuyani, needs no introduction to Daily Dispatch (laughs) (laughs) readers. We have done many podcasts together. Premier, we were looking to do something different in this podcast, and obviously the state of the nation, the state of the province, are two subjects that are well needed as regarding analysis. Um, you said, and I'm not sure if you were joking, that the Eastern Cape's SOPA was ahead of the government's SOPA. So what we decided to do is look at the six priorities that the ANC has and give you an opportunity to discuss exactly where Eastern Cape is regarding those priorities. Does that suit you? Yeah. Okay. The first one is jobs. There's a massive public employment program regarding jobs. The step one is to create and sustain 2.5 million jobs over the next five years. Again, I think Eastern Cape is probably ahead of the game here. Can you discuss that? Yes, Ted. Thank you very much. Good morning to you. And good morning to you. And uh, viewers, uh, you know, uh, as you've just indicated, uh, as a province, firstly, we possess this huge potential of being a national uh, development node. Uh, almost uh, all other areas, whether you talk about industrialization, if you talk about a lot has been done, it has been done for uh, decades and decades, almost centuries, the development there. So Eastern Cape has everything, has land for this uh, reindustrialization, has got everything. If you look at this issue of uh, job opportunities uh, or job uh, creation, it goes with development. Where there's an underdevelopment, uh, you will struggle to get jobs. Eastern Cape has been suffering since colonial system, uh, since the establishment of uh, or the so-called uh, uh, detection of mining industries in Gauteng and all that. It has been suffering from this brain drain, uh, both brain and energy, because young people have, have to leave this province, go elsewhere, develop these provinces. I was lucky that I kind of uh, grew up in Eastern Cape, also grew up in Gauteng, because my father was a laborer in one of those factories around uh, uh, Val. Uh, but uh, post-metric, I came back. It's rare. You can't easily find people who come back from Gauteng here in Eastern Cape. Everybody leaves this place. Especially uh, not those that have become the premier. Exactly. <laughs> then it would have been uh, no, impossible even to think, to dream about such issues. So uh, one had to come and uh, being part of the development uh, trajectory of this province. So we are focusing on development, and in that we are creating jobs. So jobs, 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 that's what we need here. But that goes with skills development. One of the weaknesses that we had over time was not really to have much more cooperation and collaboration with CITAS where billions and billions of rents are deposited for skills development revolution. So we had to go back there. About 23 sitters, uh, less have been actually participating in the province, but we focus on that. More than 13 sitters now are working with us. They are creating uh, these actually uh, miracles. It's marvel to watch how we are working on the ground on skills development. Remember this province had the highest number 
uh, of uh, kids who are dropping out at a secondary level. So that on its own is a threat uh, because those young people, probably young people who didn't even had to follow or be forced to follow the academic careers. They had to be taken elsewhere for skills development so that they can be productive in the economy. So while looking at that broadly, hence we have seen us. Indeed, we are kind of being ahead of the curve because we are exploiting this potential we have as a province, and uh, we are kind of uh, reinvigorating everyone just to understand all the ideas, consolidate everything for people to understand. Minister of Finance said this thing to us, uh, that uh, even on the uh, electric vehicles transition, that we are ahead uh, of the CAF when we went to present to them and say, as a province, we've done this thing, this, 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 this. As, as we were listening to the state of the province address, we're talking about this battery uh, uh, storages, charging stations that we are already uh, implementing this year. Whilst government has been waiting for what Minister of Finance is going to say, what policies, what kind of. So we have been, because we knew. Currently, we are enjoying about 43% of market share in the auto sector. So if we're sleeping on, 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 on our, uh, resting on our laurels, yeah, sleeping on the duty, that would mean these industries can collapse. So Kuha and Island and SSS are the best SSS in the country, they probably the in the continent. So they are both here and they are more working with these OEMs. So we had to do something um, extraordinary uh, out of our own imagination to make it a point that we do this. One thing that we have inculcated now is to force everybody, officials, politicians, to think outside the box, bring innovations. And also we have said we can no longer rely on the uh, logical way of doing things, research, uh, is becoming important. So that R&D is critical. This is where you have innovation comes from. That's why Island and IDZ is doing a lot on that uh, front. And we also knew that uh, we as a province, uh, we can be this uh, a pharmaceutical hub. Remember in the continent, um, uh, the uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, which was used uh, to protect our people during COVID, uh, the I think you're talking about the vaccines, or are you not, Premier? Yes, vaccines. I was referring, I was looking for that word. So when we say we want to be an auto sector hub in the country, we want uh, to be a, a pharmaceutical hub. We're building on what Aspen is doing in our province. But also believe that uh, we can also uh, come strong on logistics, hence we're listing this. Remember, uh, the Deben port is saturated. So the only alternative you have now is these depots that are underutilized in the entire yes. country. Also for security reasons. So I'm quite happy that Transnet has developed a bold plan on, in terms of developing these ports. For the first time we've seen um, a train, a goods train uh, offloading here in East London port. Uh, we've seen the big ship taking off the manganese in the, in the history yeah. of this port. So a lot in terms of economic uh, uh, potential, economic uh, opportunities is taking place in our province. So as a premier, I'm, I'm quite looking back in the five years when we said we want to build uh, an Eastern Cape we want. We knew exactly what we were talking about, and we're driving that uh, uh, vision. We've got a clear mission on that one, and we cannot, we cannot go wrong. We just need a solid support, unwavering support from national government. I'm quite uh, uh, 
not happy uh, with few uh, areas which I believe would have done them in this. One of those is actually movement of Manganese uh, tanks uh, from the um, PE port into uh, Nguha port uh, uh, area, SZ, Nguha uh, SZ. Uh, by now, we should be talking about the waterfront in the area where those uh, tanks are. Uh, because that's a bold plan we have uh, in terms of developing that area. So this was done a long time ago. They went, they should have appointed last year in August or October, something like that. I don't know why. Why is it delaying? Because it takes jobs away from this province. If you do that, so any project has got time frame. It's got a, a starting time. It's got an ending time. So that it goes with job creation. Just let me take you back to as far as time frame goes. We are sitting with the green gold in the Transkai area, and that is the hemp. There is a possibility, I am told, to set up an IDZ in the area. How is that going, Mr. Premier? It's going very well. Uh, and I'm happy now uh, this is in the national vocabulary. Uh, remember when we started this cannabis, uh, everybody was not easy, was not keen to this because yeah. the Dacha would have been associated with all other things negative mm. than the industry itself. When I, when I read uh, a lot about this industry, what it's doing in countries like Canada, etc., I just felt like this one thing that we need to go for it. And I went for it very, very strong. Mm. Um, so now, President went out uh, in the state of the province address a year ago to say this is the direction we're going. It's huge for those people, and I'm happy that we we're calling for the amnesty for our people there who would have been arrested, having criminal records, and I'm happy that uh, there's a movement on legislation, also on clearing those, those people as well, so that our people can begin to be uh, involved in this industry in a regulated manner, so that people understand that Dacha is not about smoking. We are also looking for it uh, more for medicinal use. It, it, can, it can heal a lot. I visited a couple of guys in Port St. John's. Uh, there are guys, doctor, I can't remember their name now, uh, who's working in one of those rural areas around Port St. John's. He's a medical the, doctor. I think her name, there's a lady by the name of Shishka Gallo. Yeah. Who's very uh, yeah. much involved, and I know is working closely yeah. with your administration. Yeah. Exactly. So we are doing a lot on that one. We are really opening up that. It's a niche. We've identified that as a niche. We've identified biofuel as a niche. It's, it's, it's quite disappointing that our government bought about 25 uh, farms for this project in uh, Craydock, but nothing has happened in the uh, previous uh, years. Uh, maybe now, uh, just last week, uh, I had a meeting with the minister, Ministers in this, uh, Ibram Patel, uh, Togo Didiza, uh, Mandashe, under one roof to talk about this issue of biofuel. And everyone understands it. Now that time has arrived uh, to, to look at That's why we said, as we usher in uh, the seventh term, these are low hangings. We've got to work together yes. on this. We've got to, t to tame wild coasts. We're taming it, that wild coast, uh, but in a sustainable manner. We don't want it to tamper with the environment and with its pristine, but it's important that we develop it to develop its own people. Remember, I've been saying this thing. The only poor people you find in the wild who are living along the coast are found in Eastern Cape in the wild coast. 
whilst we keep on creating a narrative about Wild Coast, which doesn't talk to the people who are residing around the Wild Coast itself. So it's going to be important, but what is important, do that development in a sustainable way. So take care, preserve uh, the, the nature there, uh, conserve uh, the nature, uh, but whilst you are allowing people to really connect and develop where they are. So we are looking at all those issues, and I'm quite happy with the work that government has, has been doing, but also the culture in the government, changing government, people to understand that those who are employed in government are employed to serve our people, hence they are called civil servants. So everybody who goes into government, you don't go there for a career. There's no career in government. You are a civil servant. As you wake up, going to work at 8 a.m., you must know you are there to serve our people. Millions and millions of our people out there. People want water out of their taps. They are dependent on those government officials to make sure that water comes out of their taps. So people want roads. They're dependent on those. So we can't be entertaining these things of uh, uh, tenders and all that. People collapse and processes of procurement because of corruption, interest and all that. We are confronting that, my friend. We are dealing with that. We are nipping it in the bud and there will be no place for such kind of characters there. So when you go to work, you will know we are going to change this government of Eastern Cape. It's going to be one of the best performing government. We've already shown it with audit outcomes. It's going yes. to be one of the best performing government in this country soon. You can see. Come seventh term, I'm telling you. You'll tell a total different story. Okay, let's Focus on energy, rail, and logistics for a second. Transnet has had a shocking five years. Private logistics companies have lost billions. Um, there must be third-party access to rail networks by this time in May. Is it possible for Eastern Cape to have any impact on that because it's all national services yes we do remember we're having a cooperative governance national province districts or metros that we've got to work together uh, through that uh, mechanism so we do have uh, a role uh, part of that role is through the uh, integrated uh, uh, government uh, arrangement uh, relations, so the, so the so-called IGR. So we are coordinating that work. That's the role of the Premier's office as well, to make sure that all government departments, whatever President says, it must be done. Uh, whatever Premier says, it must be done, because we are doing it along the, or in line or in sync with the priority areas of the governing party. We are responding to the electorate's demands, uh, which were actually uh, basically induced by our uh, manifesto, so to speak. So we are uh, coordinating that work. Yes, as I've said, we are very strategic on logistics. Uh, remember, we've got 800 coastline. So if you talk logistics, whether you talk uh, Indian Ocean up uh, north and south, uh, whether you talk Far East, you talk us, Eastern Cape, whether you talk Atlantic Ocean up uh, to the European countries, uh, also as well as the West, both the North and South America, you talk us as Eastern Cape. So it's important we're strategically located if you look at that issue uh, from a port's point of view. We've got three ports, uh, the port of Ngoha, deep water port, the only port we have in the country. We've got port of uh, Kabeha, port of Port Elizabeth, we've got a port of East London. So this is our 
our post that we have, but we're also working on the small harbors. Uh, I think Public Works has gone out already on that one as part of our broader concept of Eastern Seaboard, but also looking at the possibilities of smart city development, particularly around Port St. John's, as part of us taming that wild coast, creating more opportunities and development for our people. So these are things concrete, practical things that are in our plans that we are working on and that are going to be done. If you talk about rail as well, uh, we are hard at work. We, a few weeks ago, we had a big meeting uh, convened uh, as per our uh, request by Minister Praveen Godan, uh, DPE, uh, to make sure that the commitment, seven belong project commitment, made to connect Eastern Cape to Gauteng. Remember, Ford has um, invested $15 billion uh, in the Tswana SZ, uh, Silverton, to actually manufacture cars. 80% of those cars, they are exported. And Ford wants to export those cars here uh, in uh, uh, PE uh, or Kabeha areas. So now we are working on that project to widen that. They, it needed $2 billion immediately to start the work. Now national, all government affected, DTI, Treasury, and all that. The money is there. The money is available. Minister of Finance came into that meeting and said, the money is available. It's a question of proper project management. With all the challenges that we have spoken about, we've seen with the Transnet and all that and all that. We're, we're painful that there is that element of destabilization in the Transnet, uh, the leadership. The leadership that is there, that has been there, it has done a wonderful job. Uh, you see even relocation of TNPA headquarters from uh, Durban. 70% of Transnet is in one province. KZN, which is very unfair to the development of the country, yeah. the even development of the country. It should have not been done like that anyway. Uh, if we were properly led around these issues. So this is one of those arguments. And uh, they've invested more than $200 million to build uh, a state-of-the-art building which has been there for almost 10 years unoccupied. It's, it's unprecedented. The beautiful um, ship-like uh, uh, building in, uh, in Kuka. Now the headquarters have relocated. There are still people who are calling, who are demanding that this should have not been done. What do you mean? When the 70% of the entire transnet is stuck in one province, 30% is another province in Gauteng. So the small piece that is allocated to Eastern Cape, which should have been done uh, uh, decades and decades uh, ago as part of the development, even development of the country. So now we are appreciating that. So it's important that we fix transnet. We stabilize Transnet. Transnet is key. But I'm happy with these key projects. Remember, with Transnet, we connected the Blaney route, which connects yes. Fort Belfort. That's why now we are able to connect Ngoha port to East London port. So you are able to get these trains that are coming from Northern Cape uh, to deliver here the manganese. Uh, as you have seen, a lot of trucks that have been actually going down N10 as well as N2 down to Ngoha uh, as well. So this is a great work. Great. If you look at those development nodes that we're connecting in the province, we're making our province for the first time to develop together at the same time at the east-west side. And we're focusing on that east, as you have said. We're working on that East London, I'm sorry, that wild coast, SZ, as a third SZ in our province, building on the two successful two SZs that we have already. So that uh, wild coast SZ, which is also as built uh, 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 in the context of the Eastern Seaboard, Smart City, but also the highway. Remember this uh, catalytic project that we've been speaking about, the end to highway, which connects uh, KZN, Deben in particular, to East London, where people will be able to travel for hours. 
from here to, East, to, to Deben on a highway. That is being uh, done. It's being concluded. The only part that is left now is those bridges, connect bridges. to those bridges. So those bridges are under construction now. So these are critical, critical. And I can tell you, when you are doing that thing, you are able to bring an infrastructure, road infrastructure, to an area where it is so rich on hemp, uh, rich on cannabis in general. So we are able to create that. On the other side, we are developing a college of education. Uh, soon uh, uh, you will be able to see the brick and mortar uh, t- taking shape there. It has been done, procured, and all that. 80 million college around Dabangulu focusing on cannabis skills development. These are good things that we're doing. I know you would have been delighted with government or national government's plans to assist with the cost of living for people. We have a, a poor community in Eastern Cape. What sort of plans do you have in place to assist them? All the arguments that I've, uh, I've spoken uh, or the areas of development I've cited brings the immediate to long term. Here you talk about short term intervention and our government is putting about 33 billion a year in the Eastern Cape alone for social security grants. Those grants that are going to the elder people, children and all that. It's part of our broad strategy to push back frontiers of poverty so that our people are not subjected to this. Yes, there could be issues of management around when they get into the household. Some um, younger women with kids, they leave their kids with their grand grandmothers, mm-hmm. take the grants away uh, to other areas uh, like Cape Town, Houghton, where they are looking for jobs, which is wrong. Those grants are meant for kids. Uh, the grants for elder people are meant for elder people. So it's part of our strategy, but also we're looking at agriculture. So agriculture is what is going to help us to confront and deal with this issue. These others are just short-term uh, relief. So the agriculture, if we go back to basic, in this province, we never heard about poverty during this time of the year. Between February at least and April, people have got something to eat fresh, vegetable, fresh uh, maize from their own community gardens. We're going back to that, look at that, and how we're assisting. We've increased the hectorage in terms of what uh, we are supporting our subsistence farmers and all that rural people to plough. So we are looking at that. Agriculture is key for us. Yes. You get everything, um, meat from agriculture, milk, eggs, and, and everything else. So you can have vegetable from your gardens, etc. So government alone in the province, uh, a year spends almost uh, close to uh, 10 billion. If you look at what we put it in health, education, uh, uh, as well as in the social development. So combining that, uh, using the land as a factor of production in terms of the economics. So we should be able to confront that. So we're looking at those issues, but also providing uh, the housing uh, to areas where they are. And unfortunately, all these people uh, who are now exposed as people who are uh, without houses were part of projects that should have been done here 10 years ago, but these projects were blocked. There would have been a point where human settlement was performing beyond its capability. So I think a lot was done there. So almost all those projects are now unblocked. Those people will be getting their houses, decent houses, as we have seen that we are building decent houses around. So we are working on that. We are responding to that in terms of our comprehensive poverty alleviation strategy. Last point. Access to education is probably one of the most crucial needs in South Africa. Do you have any specific plans around 
access to education? We're doing that. We, we're really way above uh, the percentages in terms of getting our young people going there. We are now focusing on the early childhood development where we are getting our kids into that stage, which is a critical stage for the entire lives of our kids. So we're getting into that one. We're working very well. We have seen how we've pushed up the grade 12 since 1994 to be where we are now at 81%. I can tell you, most of our schools are at 90%. There in the SOPA, I invited all regional directors of education, the only department. I invited all principals who are above 90% in terms of the output in grade 12 because 90% is our next target. And in the seventh term, by the end of the seventh term, we should all be at 90% uh, at a provincial uh, aggregated uh, results, but as well as at schools, almost all our schools. And I'm quite happy that it sounds as a miracle now that there is no school performing less than uh, 70% in our province, no district performing less than 70%. So we are in, in an upward trajectory on that particular field. And what we've said, doors of learning shall be open. Schools are there. We're giving our kids now food twice a day. We're sorting out teething problems of scholar transport and all issues. So I've got, I've got ideas. If this thing, um, something that is a business, scholar transport is not a business. It's an aid to make sure that our kids get into a class. Yes. So if that is not appreciated by those who are in the value chain, it's not respected, uh, we should be able to do what we did with school nutrition, take it to school. Because if the scholar transport is at school, it will be able, it will be easier because school will contract people who are from its own areas to transport kids. But anyway, the radius of, of five kilometers, you won't have the problems that we have. You are taking someone who's in Kik, Kik, um, East, East London to go and transport kids uh, in King Williamstown because it was a competitive bidding. It was said so. So we've got to be practical in things like these on how we solve them. So we're getting into all those issues, but I, as I said, doors of learning shall be open. We said so in the Freedom Charter. We've opened doors. We don't want to see kids on the streets. That's why we're giving kids a, a grant, child support a security grant. That's why we're giving kids a food at school. Even if a kid has got no meal at home, he'll eat a breakfast at school, he'll eat a lunch at school, go back home, it's okay. So we are giving that as part of sustainable development because I can tell you, like me, from a poorest family where I come from, staying in one room like this one, where we're all staying here with mom and dad, with everybody else under this all of us, nothing else. So today I'm where I am today because I can tell you perseverance prevails. That's what we want to put into people's mind so that people know that there is no easy thing. There is no cheap easy thing. There's no shortcut in life. Work hard, redouble your effort, and then you will be rewarded. So that is a wonderful way to end off this conversation with perseverance shall be rewarded. Thank you very much for talking to Dispatch Live, Thanks, Premier Dad. Oscar. Thanks, thank, thank you for your time. Always. Welcome. <laughs>